some of the things that are in life that people get offended by. People get offended by. Answer that question, 60 seconds, turn to the person, people next to you, around you, go. All right. How do we go? Who wants to yell them out? What do we get offended by? What do us humans, us humans, humans, what do we get offended by? Who wants to yell them out? <laughs> what, what, some, some kind of pizza, I think, down. Who said that? Pineapple pizza. Pineapple. Pineapple pizza. Who gets offended by pineapple pizza? All right, all right, all right. Come on, keep them coming. What else do we get offended by? We're just going to open it up here. Who, who gets offended by what? Oh, somebody's got stereotypes down here. Sorry, somebody said the back. Bad driving. Yeah. Mm. Hate that. <laughs> what was that? Ah, oh, okay. When you don't get a, a smiley face back on text, right? Is that what you mean? Or a messenger or whatever? Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. Other things? Feeling left out. Yeah. Yeah. Other things, come on. Rude people. Politicians. We get offended by politicians. Come on, other things, come on. People expressing truth on the internet. Yeah, people expressing truth on the internet, yeah? Yeah? All right, their opinion, their opinion. And maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why we get offended, because it's their opinion. It's not my opinion. We'll come back to that in the moment. Next. Anything, anything, honesty, <laughs> Christianity, we get offended by religion, don't we? Other religions, just Christianity, people are offended by Christianity. Next. Did you say coriander? I love coriander. <laughs> You get the idea. You get the idea. Us humans are funny, aren't we? Us humans are funny. Uh, can I ask you a question and just kind of answer this to yourself? Because I think if we really got to the bottom of this question, I think it would be answered this way, but let me give you the question first. What, what's the greatest source of joy in life? And if we filtered through it all, I think we'd come to the same answer of that of relationships relationships are the greatest joy in life. Um, memories of a loved one, the mystery of what it means to fall in love, uh, the wonder of holding a child, the gift of friendship and relationship. Yet on the other hand, what's the greatest source of pain in life apart from seeing your football team lose each and every week? The greatest source of pain, I think, if we filtered through it all, would come down to that once again of relationships. The greatest source of joy and the greatest source of pain in life is that of relationship. When we experience betrayal, when we experience anger, divorce, lies, gossip, see the question isn't whether or not offense will come because welcome to life, it's gonna come, it's what you do with the offense when it comes that will determine the outcome of your relationships or your relationship with God but also I'm going to say, go one step further and say your relationship with yourself, with yourself. Category number one, and I think most of the things you said tonight actually fit into this category. Category number one are minor offenses. 
Category number one. Just let me just briefly talk about minor offenses. These are the everyday injustices. These are when we step into the poor me kind of mode. You know, sometimes the littlest things in life can often set us off in the biggest ways. We're so sensitive. We are so sensitive. You know, what about, you know, just going on a a few other things from your list of things. What about the friend who doesn't request, follow, accept you on social media? What happens when they get more likes and more friends than you? We get a little sensitive, don't we? What about that slow text response? We talked about texts over here before. That slow text response of that 24-hour responder. What's even worse is the bubbles. The bubbles. You know that you know that fish on uh, Finding Nemo, right? You know, funny, he just loved. I think it's the blowfish, right? He just loved the blub- bubbles. You know, bubbles, bubbles. And sometimes the bubbles come up in our replies. Does anyone know what I'm talking about right now? Yeah. Okay. The bubbles come up. Oh, they're going to reply. They're not a 24-hour response. They're going to reply. They're going to reply. And the bubbles just disappear. I've been dumped. I've been dumped. The bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. <laughs> what about that that invite you never got to a party? That's, that's, yeah, that hurts, doesn't it? You know, and sometimes later you see photos. You know, I'm sure most of us have probably been in that category. What about when someone comments about the way you're raising your children? Game on, game on. Woo! What about unmet, unmet expectations? What about unexpressed expectations? You see, often when these trivial, minor offences come along, we um, take offence, we overthink We overthink, and because we overthink, things play around in our minds, we actually overreact. You see, when we get hurt, when we take on offense, we have the opportunity to do one of two things, and it's this. We can either, can we go to the next slide, please? (laughs) Rehearse or release. I wonder which one of these you do when it comes to offense. We can either rehearse... We just play it over our money. We just keep going down that track of offense. Or we can just release it. Rehearse or release. You see, the enemy's purpose, we're told in John chapter 10, is to what? The thief, the enemy, Satan, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. You see, he has an agenda for your and my life, that of destruction. His strategy is division, and his tactic is minor offenses. Uh, Somebody I know who wrote uh, a book wrote it in this way, and when it comes to minor offenses, and you you start talking through some of these minor things that come in our lives, his response to a particular person when it comes to minor offenses is this, really? You got offended over that? This is when it comes to minor offenses, because you think about what's going on in the world, there's a fair bit that goes on in our world, right? And we've taken offense at that, really? Let's go to the next category. Category number two is this. These are legitimate wounds. Now, these are a little more complex. This is a breach of confidence or that sense of gossip that you've heard that somehow it's gone down the track when it shouldn't have or that sense of betrayal. Generally, you are the innocent party in this particular category where you have been wronged. You see, the closer the relationship, the greater the opportunity for offense, right? Yet the, the closer the relationship, the greater opportunity there is for intimacy. And so I've seen loyalty, and I know you have too, in relationship, where all of a sudden what was a garden of life is now a garbage dump. 
And you kind of ask that question, you scratch your head and you kind of go, how did we end up here? What happened to that garden of life to end up in such a garbage dump? We've all seen that. How, do, how did we get here? You know, these, are, these are legitimate wounds that some of us have gone through and are still going through. Category number three, and I'm not going to spend too long on category three because this is a big one. This is, this is life-shattering injustices. Life-shattering injustices. And what I mean by this is this is when... Uh, this, is, this is unthinkable tragedy. Now, this could change your life forever. Now, by God's grace, when it comes to this particular category, um, genuine forgiveness is possible. I've seen it, I've been a part of it, I've witnessed it, sorry. Um, and it does take a lot of hard work. So this is life-shattering injustices. You may have gone through something like this yourself. I acknowledge that tonight. You may have done that. You may have know somebody who's also gone through this kind of uh, injustice, which I'm, I'm certainly aware of as well. So how do we overcome these offences? I'm very thankful for Sandy last week, aren't you? Isn't it great? And uh, Royce the week before. And um, if, if there's one thing you can take away from this statement, because I share this tonight, because this is very personal for me tonight, I want to share with you. I've been ministering for 20 years in a full-time pastor kind of role, and there have been plenty of times where I could have easily have taken on offence and said, no, nah, I'm out of here. But one thing that has really helped me, and I want to share this personally with you here tonight, and it's this statement that I say continually, when something comes at my, my, my way, apart from guarding my heart, for out of it flows the wellsprings of life, and it's this, that my life is too short, and my calling is too great to live offended. Can you say that with me tonight? My life is too short, and my calling is too great to live offended. My life is too short, and my calling is too great to live offended. James chapter 4, verse 14, talking about life. Well, what is life? I love this. I've always loved this passage. If we can go to the next slide, please. It says this. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Asking a question. <laughs> your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. How many of us know Launceston has quite a major fog kind of deal going on, you know? Yeah? Not smog, by the way. It's fog, right? It's, it's fog. If you've been to LA, you'll know what smog is. If you've been to uh, Manila, you know what smog is. But anyway, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. That's what life is like. My life is too short. My calling is too great to live offended. So that's, that's life. But what about your calling? What's your calling in life? I realize all of our callings in life is unique, but generally what the Word of God shares with us about our calling is that we are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors to represent Him, to therefore go and make disciples of all nations. How many people have seen the movie Frozen? What a great movie. Can we just play a little bit of that? Is that all right? Can we play? Come on, Jesse, get up and come on. The cold never bothered me anyway. All right, fantastic. 
I remember, I remember sitting in the cinema that day. I was right at the back. I think it was like Boxing Day a few years ago when that came out. Um, I was with my children, of course. I was, with, I was with my children, let's be sure of that. And I'll never forget that. Let it go. Let it go. Romans 12, verses 18. I'll come back to that in a moment. If it is possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on the other person. Is that what it says? As far as it depends on who? You live at peace with everyone. You see, sometimes you can do everything right, can't you? Yet the other person still holds a grudge and you cannot control how they're going to respond. If you have done, I want to speak this over you tonight. And if you want to receive this, receive this. If you have done all you possibly can when it comes to reconciliation, if you've done your absolute best, you feel clean before God, you've got a clear conscience, I'm asking you, you've done all of that and so much more, get on with your life. Why? Get on with your life because your life is too short. Your calling is too great to live offended. Proverbs chapter 19 verses 11 says, It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. What does that mean? Have a think about that. Have a look at that. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Let's just talk about that for a moment because I certainly don't think it means pretending that nothing happened. I think it's that constant, conscious decision, as we just heard in Frozen to what? To let it go to let it go, to forgive. You see, this word overlook comes from two Hebrew words, which literally means to pass over, to pass over, to get above it in your heart, to rise above this spiritually, to get so close to God, in our daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair, that you're not going to be low enough to let a meaningless offense take you off of God's calling. It is to one's glory to overlook, to pass over an offense. I love this quote by Renee Descartes. She says, Whenever anyone has offended me, I try to raise myself so high that the offense cannot reach it. Why? I think she's saying that your life is too short and your calling is too great to live offended. Let me just quickly unpack two thoughts here tonight. I'm not going to speak for too much longer. On small offenses and heavy offenses. Number one is this. With God's help, I'm getting over minor offenses. With God's help, I'm getting over minor offenses. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 in the New Living Translation says this. Always be humble and gentle. I think it's good advice. It's a good, good way to start. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient. It's another good bit of advice with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your what? Your love. This is where our daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair, but I know it's more than that. It's more than 20 minutes because God's word is active, it's alive, and so it's to ring through our hearts and our lives each and every day, 24-7, because of our love, because of our love. Here's what I've learned, by the way, is that when somebody else is having a bad day, when, any, when, every, when somebody else is, you know, gives a bad response, when somebody else is uncaring or unkind or unfriendly, their bad response, by the way, is not all about you. Their bad driving Somebody mentioned bad driving there before. It's not an attempt to ruin your whole day. This snarky remark. It's going, where did that come from? It's not all about you. You know, sometimes I've learned in life, and it's just taken me a while, taken me a while, and it's this. <clears throat> I've learned this, to ask myself, when some of these kind of things unfold and start to happen, I ask myself, I wonder, 
what they're actually going through. I wonder why and how they're hurting for them to have said something like that. It must, might be you know, something very personal they're going through. You see, something else I've learned is that hurt people hurt people. How much time do we waste building a case against someone else who isn't even thinking about us? Another word for some people here tonight is this, that don't worry about what others are thinking about you. Why? They're not. They're not. If only we could find an example of someone who had every right to live offended. If only we could find somebody who had every right to hold it against us. If only we could find somebody who had every right to stand at a distance from you and I. And so when those kind of things come at me, I sometimes pretend that I have that protection over my heart, to protect my heart, the, the armour, Ephesians chapter 6, the shield, the shield of faith. Um, and so instead of taking that immediate fence, I try as best as I can to bring about the attitude of Christ, how he responds, how he lived. Because my life is too short and my calling is too great to live offended. With God's help, I'm overcoming minor offences. Number two, it's this. With God's help, I'm getting over the legitimate offences. These are the larger kind of offences of betrayal, hurt, lies, gossip, family, etc., etc. When it was so wrong, when it was so brutal, what that person did or how it came about and what unfolded, how do you and I, how do we truly forgive? I think it's this way, that we forgive the way we have been forgiven. Colossians 3 verse 13 says this, <clears throat> make allowance, here it is again, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who, what? who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. <clears throat> and as I think about that, I think about the years that I've been alive and how much I must have offended people along the track in whatever way. In fact, I know... Um, I've been forgiven a heck of a lot. All the times that I've let people down, all the times I've left my wife down, my children down, that I've also let God down. That accumulation must have just stacked up. And so I certainly know that I've been forgiven of a whole lot. And so I forgive the same way in which I have been forgiven. I want to kind of end this way. I want to kind of end this way. And it's this, just before the band come up. I invite the band in the moment because the band, you might be, need to be ministered to here just in a moment. And it's this. Um, check out this list here for a moment if we could. We go to the next slide, please. What forgiveness is not, by the way? And it's this. Forgiveness is not always about reconciliation. Why? Because reconciliation takes two people and they may be dead. Yeah? It, it may be dangerous. They may be in jail. They may be unapproachable. So forgiveness is not always about reconciliation. Forgiveness does not always mean staying in a relationship. Forgiveness is not about declaring the other person innocent. Forgiveness is not condoning someone else's behavior or justifying their actions. It doesn't excuse what they have done to you. It is in fact us releasing ourselves from the anger that's been built up for quite some time, maybe for many months, maybe for many years, so that you may live free. 
And every time I think about this, I think about that bird in the cage or the monkey in a cage or whatever. They've been living in this cage for so long, just, just cooped up and just no life at all. You know, some of, some of us see those, those stories on, on the news and on TV of, of uh, animal cruelty. And it's just the worst thing, absolute worst thing. And to see these animals, you know, this, this person or people or group or organization go in to release these animals. And it's a releasing kind of thing to see these animals come alive again. Certainly not like an ounce to that of an animal. But gee, we can learn a lot from that. Because sometimes we're so much in a cage we need to be released from that so you and I can live free. What's the enemy's purpose in our lives? His purpose, he has an agenda for your life of that of destruction. His strategy is division. His tactic is for minor offenses, sometimes larger offenses. You know what the enemy says? To drive it down deeper. Keep driving it down deeper. You know what God says? To drop it. To drop it. Because the charges against you have been dropped. Isn't it ironic, if you think about it for a moment, as we wrap this up? Our whole belief, our whole belief, the Christian's belief revolves around a relationship with somebody that dropped every offense that we committed against him. So what does that mean? What does that mean for you and I here tonight? As we you know, talked about these offenses in that first 60 seconds or so at the start of tonight, those little things, I'm going to say to you openly, this is a word for some people here tonight. Can I say I'll be the first person to put my hand up to receive this? Really? You've been offended by that? Really? Really? At some point, here's what we have to do. We have to do. We have to do. We have to do what Jesus did when he was mistreated. We have to. That our light will shine. That Jesus looked towards heaven on that day, on their behalf, as they pounded nails into his head and into his feet and spear into his side. These never to be gotten forth, uh, these never to be forgotten ten word plea. As he hung upon the cross and he looked down upon those people who were about to kill him once and for all. What did he say? Ten words. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. His response to wrongdoers was to forgive them. He surrendered his right to revenge. He surrendered that. Why? I want to say this once again. Some of you need to to receive this tonight and it's this, that your life is too short and your calling is too great to live offended. In Jesus' name. Do you receive that tonight? Amen. Let me pray for us. Because I just want to spend some time. I just want you to have some time. I realize we've had a couple of weeks at this, but I'm going to give us a third week and a third opportunity because maybe some of you here tonight haven't haven't responded and you know in your heart of hearts that a response is necessary for you to move forward to be released from that cage to be set free once and for all so you can live free and to set that 
minor offense free. Release it. And so as all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed, just in these next few moments, let's just have a holy moment. For some of you, you know it immediately. Your heart's been ticking a little faster through this or in these last couple of weeks. And you know what it is for you to be set free once and for all as we enjoy this moment together and to let God do what none of us can do, especially me. The psalmist says that I lift my eyes up. That's where my help comes from. It comes from the Lord. That's what the psalmist says. And right now, Lord, my prayer is that by your grace, that you would give each and every person here tonight the ability to overlook, to pass over, to rise above that offense. That you would help raise our soul so high that the offense cannot reach it. That we'd put that armor on each and every day, that shield of faith that as those arrows of offense come our way, gone, can't touch my heart because I'm guarding it. That I'm no longer rehearsing these things that go over in my mind, but I'm releasing them once and for all. Because of God's love and because of His grace, I'm no longer controlled by this. I've seen how much damage it's done to me and my friend or friends. And it's because freely I have been forgiven. I freely forgive. Help us love like Jesus loves. Help us live like Jesus lives. Because life is too short. And our calling is too great to live offended. And as all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed, just in this moment, just in this moment, a couple more minutes, hang in there. If something you've resonated with tonight, and you may be the only person in this room, if something has resonated with you here tonight, or even these last couple of weeks, thanks to Royce and to Sandy's messages, that you know in your heart of hearts, would you raise one hand to heaven just where you're seated right now? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You could be the only one. No, others have joined you tonight. Others have joined you tonight. I see your hands here tonight. God sees your heart, and that's what really matters right now. Is there anyone else in this room here tonight responding to heaven to be released once and for all? It may take ongoing journey of counseling and catching up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can put your hands down. Anyone else responding? Yeah, good on you. Good on you. I knew there was another one. Well done. Well done. Well done. For 30 more seconds, I'm going to give you another opportunity. If you are, thank you. Thank you. Well done. This is a holy moment between you and the Father. But maybe from tonight onwards, you need to work something out, talk something out. Whatever next step it might be for you, I wonder what that is. Would you be willing to take that next step and find healing, release, 
once and for all. Because your life's too short. And your calling is way too great to live an offended life. Father, I pray over these hands that have been raised tonight, even those who couldn't quite get there. I pray over these hands, Lord. I've seen the hands, you know the heart so intimately. And Lord, would you allow these people to consider what it would be tonight to go home to make that phone call, to write a letter, an email, whatever it is, a message, a text message, an appropriate text message. Say, maybe we need to catch up this week, if that's okay. And they do everything that they possibly can as it depends on you. Lord, acknowledging that they may be rejected, they may have a setback, but at least they've gone as far as they can and they would be, they would be released because of their step of faith. And so, Father, we thank you for these last three weeks. We've talked about overcoming offenses. In this life, we're going to pick these kind of things up in our life. They're going to come our way. But, Lord, I pray for those who are, of us who are walking with Jesus each and every day. And it's simply because of that we're walking with you. We know what you've been through. We know what you've protected us from, what you've given to us, what you've blessed us with. And that we are overflowing with love because we're walking with you. We can easily give and forgive. And I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for teaching us tonight through the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you bless each and every person? as we go from this place and live lives worthy of the calling that you have on each and every heart in this place. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen.